Hey, this is John Weston with the Five Arrows Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about managed services. And joining me today is Scott Webster. I've been around a lot of people who have asked you, at least, I don't want to say a lot, enough people who ask you, John, what do you do exactly? And I've heard you say, managed services. I offer that. I'm going to play stupid because I kind of don't know the answer anyways. But for me and for those listening, what does managed services really mean? So it is a common question. And sometimes it's hard with all the different lingo and jargon in the industry to figure out what it is that that means. Managed services is a way that I can really become, we can become an IT department for your day-to-day operations. If you're a smaller organization, we may take care of all of your help desk and IT needs. Maybe for a larger organization, we're able to offload some of your IT work that needs to be done, maybe just taking off your help desk and your system admin type roles to take care of your servers and workstations so your IT department can maybe spend more time on projects and process improvements. So when you say small teams and big teams, can you kind of give me an idea? Like am I a mom and pop place that, you know, we've had this family business and we have maybe 10 guys on the whole team that need service. Is that small or is yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's a very small business, right? I mean, if, okay. if you're, you know, if your company or organization, you know, is under, you know, 10, 20, 50 people, that may not necessitate a full-time help desk or IT person. Right. So, and you talked about that. It, if I have that small business and I've kind of grown a little bit now, it's kind of like, hey, you know what? We're we're starting to manage things that we didn't quite do when we started out as a company. Does it make sense for me to go out there and hire somebody out of college or somebody that is going to manage my IT because I can't define what IT is? So I'm just going to bring in the computer guy who he just going to take care of things for us. You know, and that is something we see a lot. And my rule of thumb, and this is just my personal idea is there's so many good companies out there who do a really, really great job, but there's also some that don't do a good job or right. You get somebody like, I'm going to grab somebody out of college or I have a friend who does it for us, or maybe I'm also the marketing person or operations person or office manager. And by default, they're the ones stuck doing the it and taking care of the system updates. And you go into those situations and Sadly, a lot of times things aren't getting done. Things aren't being done correctly. I mean, I can go into a lot of examples, but something as simple as maybe you're buying the wrong version of Office and you're actually out of license compliance and you can be fined for it. Or maybe your backups haven't been tested. Mm -hmm. And if you suffered a loss, you would not be able to recover from it and you would actually lose all those records. Well, yeah. When you have somebody that comes in just because they're good with a computer and they spend their day in front of a computer, doesn't mean they know everything that you need to know in terms of, as you said, compliance for one, or knowing what software to use in what situation, how often to do backups, what kind of backups to perform, any of that stuff. So just because they spend that time at the computer doesn't make them proficient at Photoshop or, you know, so right. that's, you know, the smaller team stuff. So talk a little bit about what would maybe be a bigger team that you might. So 
most organizations, I would say once you got to around 100, maybe 75 users, I think that's about a time most people look to bring on somebody. And they're going to look to, to hire an IT person within their organization. As you scale, kind of a good rule of thumb is 75 to 1, and meaning 75 users to one IT person. Okay. Now, and I, hate, I don't, so there's like a, you can be a help desk person. Help desk level one, help desk level two, sysadmin level one and two, somebody who mainly works on the servers or somebody who mainly works just break fix calls. You may have the actual IT manager who's going to look over your budgets, who's going to look at the types of processes and things that need to be done within the organization and try to plan those, whether that's using internal resources or external resources. Right. So there's different levels depending on the size and the type of company you are where you may need help. And some of the things that a managed service provider offers is to be able to come in and either take care of all of it for you or to be able to offload some of it for the rest of your department. Right. And so I would say usually for companies, if you're 50, 60 employees and under, you're probably not hiring somebody for your IT just because a lot of times the cost for the salary, the insurance, the bonus, you know, all that stuff, it just doesn't fit in with your overall budget. Okay. So what if I don't know what I need? Do I, and you know, I hear bring in an IT guy or hire an IT guy and, or do I subcontract that and go with somebody else? What's the difference if, you know, somebody like you taking care of these things for me versus, Bringing somebody onto my staff. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of pros and cons each way. One of the things that is really nice for having somebody internal is you have one person to really learn the environment. You have somebody to really understand your network, what you're doing, how you're working, and to be able to maybe build some projects around your specific use case. But one of the downsides is you get very somebody like that really gets to only know that environment. Mm -hmm. And so to learn some of the best practices, to learn ways to be more efficient and more effective at the work, by no fault of their own, they're just not exposed to enough networks to be able to see what really works and what really doesn't. Right. You, know, you can spend a lot of time spinning your wheels to make that solution work when only to find that there's another solution out there that you could have done and it's and that comes you're from care of. Right. And that comes from a real world experience of I dealt with this somewhere else and I know how to deal with it here or address this situation versus somebody who is also going out there proactively educating and getting certified and testing and doing all these things outside of that work environment. Because if you're only told here, address these problems, you, you may not have somebody who's ambitious enough to go out there and learn Right. And it is. And it's also difficult. I mean, it is difficult for somebody to be in there to try to figure all that stuff out and to really look at it that way when it's really they're being told what to do and what needs done to really be able to pull their head out of the weeds long enough to try to think bigger. And another thing that people really like is the scalability. I mean, for the, the way that managed service providers typically always price themselves, and myself included, is you pay per machine. So each machine, like you know, computer, Right. Desktops, you know, laptop server. There's just a monthly tag that's put onto there. Okay. So that allows you to say you're 
50 users or 300 users, you know, whatever. You're going to pay per computer. And if you're growing as an organization, you may be growing 50, 60 more users, but you still have the same IT staff. Right. So that IT staff is getting really overwhelmed, yep. right? And while they're getting overwhelmed, the quality of their service goes down, their morale goes down, and they're not able to take care of as much as they need. But you may not be to the point yet where you really feel as a budget is worth hiring that fourth, fifth, sixth person. Or second. Like or that's second. a big deal to double that. Right. right. So that's a big that's a big salary increase to, to do. And finding a help a part time help desk person that's worth anything. Sure. You, you know, you're just not going to get it. Um, but if you're looking at on the lower end, like say you're a seasonal business and you're going to actually decrease in sales or maybe you are having like a rough go around and you your user count is shrinking. Well, it's the same deal where maybe you don't want to pay for all those users anymore. Right. Or that IT person and you want to be able to scale back. Well, when you pay per computer – it's easy to scale up and scale down and you get support 52 weeks a year. You know, you're not worrying about vacations. You're not worrying about time off and all those things. Like we're always available for you, you know, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. So to me, I mean, obviously this is selling me on the idea of what you do and to have you come in and kind of take care of what, you know, my business needs, whether I'm already, doing it myself or have a guy on my staff. But if I've also got somebody that I've, you know, has kind of taken over this for me, you know, what do I do if I've already got somebody who's providing some kind of external support for me? If you're happy with them, that's awesome. And if they're doing a great job and and it's all good, that's, that's great. I will tell you that it's probably always good to get another eye set of eyes on a situation. I recently went into a client and they were using somebody, a friend for a long time. Their network was an absolute mess. They had a server that was no longer in use. You couldn't authenticate anything. You couldn't change passwords. Uh, Some of the network structure was totally wrong. Just, I mean, it was a real mess. There was a lot of workarounds and band-aids there to keep things functioning. Right. But, oh, my gosh. And it was it was set up so poorly. And it's one of those things that almost – it's kind of why I do this. Like, I feel like that it was set up so poorly that no business should have a network that's designed so bad. Right. And if if somebody's doing a great job, that's awesome. But if it's if they're not – I just feel like we we have technology, we have capability available that technology should really go into the background so you can focus on your work. You shouldn't have to worry about this stuff anymore. We're past that in technology. You know, it's not the 80s. It's not the 90s. (laughs) You know, like this stuff works and it should not be causing the headaches that it does. Um, And that's why we're here. And as a managed provider, managed service provider, it's in our best interest to make everything work well. Because if we're paying, if you're paying per machine and I am going to get the same price from you, no matter if I spend five hours on it or 50 hours, I want your network to run as best as possible because that means it's the least amount of hours that I have to put into it. Right. So you think it's just as a business sense, just like you want to save time and money, I want to save time and money. Well, and then you end up treating every you know, computer or user the same, 
you're not giving a department preferential treatment. And if you're in-house, you say, well, he's the boss. Let's make sure we get his computer taken care of and he's got issues with his email or, you know, he can't get this program to run right. Like you start to do that preferential stuff if you're in-house and you're a smaller team or even a medium-sized mm-hmm. business, you That's understand so that the the logistics, the politics that go with that. But if you're an outside person and you have a problem, you come in and look at it as, I need to fix this problem regardless of... Because everybody, I mean, legitimately, everybody's important. Right. Right, because everybody's the client and that's who we want to take care of. So, okay, that brings me to a question. What if I already, you know, I mean, what if I need your help, but I only, I mean, it's really irregular, maybe a couple times a year. What happens? So I, I do have some clients like that where I'll come in for maybe five, 10 hours, look through the network, review, maybe make some minor changes, you know, if it, if it sounds good with them. And then they'll just call when they need help. Um, but some things that may go unseen without ongoing support is something like licensing is to see where your to see where your Microsoft licensing is or maybe Adobe to make sure those things are all squared up to look at the maybe your your phone bills right. cell phone bills local long distance copiers how much you're paying for all these things if they really do make sense or not um, almost like an audit it is of, yeah of and, and some of the things that an MSP provides covers those sorts of things and it, it, it makes it very easy for for me as an msp to be able to give you that information that would take a lot of hours to try to figure out and try to find but that's something that we would just offer a part of it and i've had folks when i've looked at the amount of hours that they've spent paying me just hourly they would have been way better off doing the managed service provider because right. the cost actually of my hourly outweighed the cost of the managed service provider. And I, and I, I, mean, I mentioned to him like, Hey, I was very upfront, you know, it's like, we can do this this way, but, and, and I understand, I mean, it's all about how we value it and, you know, mm-hmm. you may get a call one month and nothing for two months, but you do have to look at that, at that. So let me ask you like a, a broad question and this might be biting off more than I can chew. As a managed service provider, I come to you and say, hey, what do I get for my money? <laughs> right. No, that, you know, it, it, there is a lot of items and I don't want to belabor each one of them. But to give you an idea that if you say, you know, John, I want five arrows to come out. I really like the idea of this. If I sign on to a contract, I mean, I have help desk. I have a sysadmin. Or I don't, whatever. But it's like, I have these people already doing this work for me. What type of value are you going to add for that price? So what we take care of with like a software, we would install on each machine. That software will allow us remote access to the machine, either managed or unmanaged, meaning either the user can be there or not be there. And we can pop on to assist the user with any issues, say a QuickBooks update, backup, reinstall, whatever. It also includes Microsoft package management. So all your Windows updates, Office updates, we test all of those, SQL, Exchange, all of those patches are tested ahead of time and then they're deployed and systems are rebooted at an allotted time. We take care of that. 
third-party deployment and management. So say like Adobe products, Autodesk products, uh, maybe Foxit or you know whatever you mm-hmm. use for like PDF and that so forth. We can take your licensing and what you have available. We can create a package to auto-install it on your new machines, on existing machines to manage those upgrades. And all the updates that come out for that, we can push those out. Because a lot of times we'd recommend not having admin rights on any of your computers for security reasons. Right. Separate talk. But we can then patch, push those patches out so they can get their Java updates, iTunes updates, you know, all the stuff that may be installed on the computer. We do monitoring of each machine. All the event logs, all the kind of like logs that your computer just writes constantly, we will get alerted of critical events on your computer. We can monitor those. If we have a full managed service contract, we will take care of those proactively or with your approval, depending on the type of error that it is, of what it takes to get it remedied. We will look at that as well as that license compliance. So we can see you have you know, 30 installs of Adobe Acrobat, but you only have 35 license. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure you're compliant because believe me, you don't want that type of fine. Right. Um, and also some of your, just a side note, like a lot of times your business insurance, like E&O insurance, these are all line items on those policies on how are you tracking this? How are you managing this? Are, are you encrypting your information? Are you backing it up? And how are you backing up to, and this also does fall in line with um, audits mm-hmm. and insurance. Antivirus, of course, is included. Microsoft Defender, I mean, it's there. Uh, There's a lot of people who either love or hate it, but the third-party antivirus is there. Hardware control, depending on your organization, you may not want USB to be enabled on your computers because you don't want somebody to take a flash drive and copy any data from it. Right. Some people don't care at all. Some people don't, you know, but like I, you can say, I don't want the CD drive to be accessed. I don't want USB drives to be accessed. I want Bluetooth disabled. We can do all that through the management console. Even if you don't have that enabled now, when we put the software in, we can push that out at any time. Nice. We can set the encryption through like BitLocker, the first party uh, solution through Microsoft. Content filtering right from the computer. In terms of security, we all, you know, good anybody IT provider is going to have a multi-layered approach for security. One's at the perimeter with your firewall. You have one with an application layer of what you have allowed on your computers and on your servers and the access control that you have. Well, we can institute that by device, by user, by role for like application blocking, web filtering. We can turn that up on different devices. So if you may have a certain staff that you want to really restrict their availability and accessibility, we can restrict that. If you have certain folks that may be in marketing or media, you can have social media access for them, but not for the rest of the organization, as an example. Um, So and like, and then just the help desk support. I mean, for the break fix type stuff, like so sure. we can just remote in there. We can take care of the problem. I mean, somebody has called me the other day. They lost access to their PDF editing software. All of a sudden, an update pushed through, and they couldn't access it anymore. Gotcha. So I was able. You know, we talked through it, remote in, and so there's take a lot of problem. Very, very um, broad stroke stuff that you kind of keep an eye on. But then it sounds like there's also like very specific need type situations like, Hey, I, this is a problem that just arose that I think is a one-time only thing. 
Can you help me with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we try to cut off a lot of the problems. Like we can also push scripts out. Like I always push one for printers to automatically clear the print spool on your computer. And it sounds <laughs> stupid, but it's like no. printers cause so many issues. Yep. And we, I push that out on servers and workstations at a time when users aren't using it. Sometimes twice a day, like at a lunchtime and after hours or before work, yeah. just to minimize print errors. And it makes such a difference on computers, also making sure they're getting rebooted. So we try to do a lot on the back end to just to prevent you from even having air issues and errors. Right. But when you do, we also include all the phone support and, re and you know remote support and sometimes on-site support to remedy them. I've learned a lot today, John. This was uh, pretty helpful. And I think that uh, I had a pretty good idea as far as what I thought you did. And when I hear you say that, and maybe it's because I kind of, maybe I know more than a, a typical person, Right. but if I'm a business owner and I hear that, it's going to prompt me to like, hey, what does that really mean? Yeah, IT sounds like a very generic or loose term that people throw it, out. It, and, it covers so much. Right. It does. So it's, it's refreshing to kind of get a feel for what that really means, or as you provide it, as a service, uh, you know, not just IT, but managed services. So I appreciate you helping me out with that. Well, hey, thanks for uh, the conversation. And I was glad to be able to talk about it because it is a lot of items to have just in a little elevator speech. <laughs> but hopefully yeah. this does give a little bit more of an understanding of one of the things that we can offer. And, you know, if you're out of our area, maybe what you should be expecting from your IT provider. So question, if I'm listening to this podcast, but I don't know where to go to talk to you, how can I, you know, get in touch with you? I know. So you can <laughs> email me at podcast at five arrows tech.com. That's F I V E arrows tech T E C H.com. Shoot me an email. I'll be glad to just chit chat, to talk. You can call me at 330-412-0541 or go to my website, um, com, and you can get some more information there and we'll be glad to just sit down, talk, no fee, just to find out where you're at, where we're at. Love to have a conversation with you. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Scott. I really appreciate it and we'll talk to you all soon.